everyone. Welcome to the Black Women's Wellness Podcast. I'm Deja Love, and this is a podcast where we amplify Black women's voices as we discuss different ways that we manage stress and maintain our well-being. We want to ensure that all Black women live productive, meaningful, and robust lives unhinged by stress. We are excited that you have joined us and that you're listening to this episode. So let's get into today's episode. I say this every time uh, we have a guest, but I'm excited Dr. Jaya is here. I have to think of another way because I say that word every time because <laughs> every Black woman who comes on here is just, I'm always energized. Uh, and this is no exception. So we are joined by Dr. Jaya Osborne. Welcome to the Black Women's Wellness Podcast. How are you today? Thank you for having me. And I'm doing so well. I'm excited to be here as well. And you can be excited about multiple things. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I appreciate that. Uh, for today's episode, we're getting into the topic of work-life wellness. And as Dr. Drea, she's going to get into more about her background. She's a doctor of physical therapy and hear about her recommendations for Black women. So we're just going to jump right in, Dr. Drea. I'm ready. <laughs> you as a doctor, as a partner, a friend, an engaged community member, and the many different titles you wear, how do you maintain your own well-being, community care, and rest amidst all that's going on in the very busy DMV area? Perfect. That's a great question. Um, I actually have my friends and family ask me the same thing because I'm always moving. I'm always either helping somebody or just enjoying life. So firstly is centering myself with what, what I know to be true for me. So I call that my purpose, but, and as I tell my clients as well, purposes or your purpose changes throughout your seasons of life. So what, when I call my purpose is what excites me and what motivates me to keep moving because there's days when you're tired and like, you might not feel like it, but there's something within me, at least, where I'm just like, you know what? But this is helping a greater purpose. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Now, there's also days, like I said, when you just don't feel like doing anything. So that's when I also have to check in on my feelings and actually on my heart. So why am I feeling down? What's going on within me? Um, I'm blessed to actually be like an energizer bunny, to say the least. <laughs> so... It works for me and I can compartmentalize well, but everybody has their own strengths and areas of improvement. Mm -hmm. And what I have found with my clients is it's actually kind of hard to separate when you're feeling low to keep going with the, with the grind or with what mm -hmm. your purpose is sometimes. And that's when other tools are helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. I know we'll dig into this much deeper. But when you talk about you're an energizer bunny, and that sounds like is your strength, how do you turn off the bunny? You know, because being an energizer, like it's not sustainable for the long term. Good question. Um, it kind of depends on the space I'm in. Mm -hmm. So for example, if I see somebody who is like lower, or when I say lower, more like their energy, even if they're having a great day, their energy is just not as high as mine, I actually assess before interacting with people. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of adjust that. Um, I guess that goes back to me being able to compartmentalize where I'm like, I might have all this energy, but that could turn off a client 
or turn off a potential like contact or networking event or wherever. So I meet people where they're at. Um, and then other times working out, um, it's a way of release for me. So that way all this energy can go somewhere productive outside of my work. Okay. I, I got that. Get that. So let's step back because we just jumped right in, which is, you know, I love just wherever the energy flows. <laughs> but for our audience, tell us what is physical therapy and specifically you as you present as a black woman, what is that to you? Because I think when we think of physical therapy, we do not think of someone that looks like you in the space. Such a great question. Okay. Most people don't know what physical therapy is unless you've been hurt or you've had someone close to you that's been hurt as well. So basically it's a way to rehab your body either from a traumatic injury such as a fracture or a motor vehicle accident or even everyday repetitive overuse. So I see a lot of office workers. So they're, they didn't get hit by a car. They didn't fall. They just have been having bad posture. So it, it works the gambit, but the idea is if you have pain or it's affecting your form in an activity you do regularly, physical therapy helps get you back on track. Mm, okay, that's and helpful. And there was a second part of your question. Um, what's, oh, what's it like being represented? Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't know, um, physical therapy is actually predominantly female and Caucasian. Mm. So um, it can, at least depending on the setting you're in, I was very blessed. The first place I worked, the majority of physical therapists were a black or minorities. Mm -hmm. So it turns out that the manager was presenting as black or African-American and she made it a point to make sure that everybody got an equal opportunity through the interview. And it just worked out that a lot of them looked like me. So that was a great start, but that's not most people's story. So currently I am, I think, out of my company, there's four locations. I am the only black physical therapist and I'm glad I can be there for, for everybody, but especially my black patients because, and even if I have black patients in the clinic that aren't mine, I still make it a point to say hi, to make them feel welcome because seeing us in this community isn't, isn't a norm, even when it should be. Oh, definitely. So as the only Black physical therapist, I mean, that's a lot to unpack there. But one, how does that feel? And I'm just going to go right in. There's a component of being tokenized, you know, as the only one to have to represent an entire population in healthcare, which is incredibly homogenous and very much there's there's, you know, medical racism. There's it's so abundant especially thinking about on the helm of this pandemic that we're still living in. So how, how do you feel led by that? Like, how does that inform your daily practice with patients? That's a good, great question. You have really good question. Okay. <laughs> um, so I always am very welcoming to people, but there's a part of me because covert racism is a thing. Yeah. Um, with coworkers, bosses, and even my patients. Mm -hmm. So there's usually, whether the patient, colleague, whether they realize it or not, there can be lines that are crossed. Mm -hmm. And so what I've learned is how to assert myself in a respectful manner 
but also let them, I guess, know that, hey, I've worked hard to get here. I have knowledge and I have the results to support that knowledge. So there's a certain way that I deserve to be talked to. Um, depending on the person, I can be direct about that. If not, my tone changes. So I'm very like, I'm very bubbly. That's kind of my personality. Um, my tone goes pretty stern, but in a respectful way, but it goes stern. And that usually gets the message across for someone who, um, I guess, needs to learn a lesson in like a respectful way. I feel like that he's saying respectful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you keep saying that because I'm, I'm going to lead right into that. Because yes. some hear what you're saying and they might say, okay, Dr. Jaya, are you operating from a lane of respectability? You know, and that has its own weight that it carries versus just truly authentically just being you and your blackness and all the glory that that is and whatever the ramifications, you know, folks are going to label you or pigeonhole you, then the chips fall where they may. That's a good point. I would say the majority, I'm my authentic self. The only time when I'm not is if, what's the best way of saying this? Hmm. If either a patient or a colleague, I guess, crosses that line where they're belittling what I'm saying or what I'm doing, then then I'm not. My authentic self is bubbly. Mm-hmm. I do sometimes say slang because a lot of my patients are comfortable around me. Like yeah. I make them feel comfortable because physical therapy, at least in my mind, is I'm supposed to be educating them to take care of their bodies mm-hmm. in a way that they can absorb. So how I talk to one person is going to be different how I talk to another. But some patients, they just make me feel so comfortable that I start using slang. It's, it's like it's <laughs> kind of like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be using that here. No curse words, never. Mm-hmm. But slang. But other times I do have to rein that in just based on the audience, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I, I love hearing that because it's it sounds like your approach to treatment and care is through a culturally sensitive modality, which is so important. I think about, you know, my own experience, you know, I with my chiropractic doctor and I told her she is the I've been to many chiropractors and physical therapists. And again, we're melanated folks, right? So if it's the summertime and I'm all moisturized up and oiled up and I'm on your table and you're manipulating me and then I get up and you're like, oh, where's all this oil coming from? And you're a white person. You're just like, oh, she's dirty. Oh my gosh. And, And that compared to someone saying, oh, not even thinking about it because it's, oh, you're black, you're going to be moisturized, you're going to have nice oils, a hova, all that in your hair and just understanding that. And so I I juxtapose that to what you're saying, the slang, that's being culturally sensitive and meeting folks where they are. And that is why I love this chiropractor I have because other chiropractors, they they would manipulate me and their fingers would be like, Okay, but yes, that's been my experience. Not even wanting to touch because the oils they thought were dirt. They thought I was a dirty person. So hearing you say that, I think is really amazing that that you can adapt to your patient population. Thank you. And I'm sorry that's been your experience, um, but I'm glad your chiropractor is proving. Yeah. (laughs) Like she's knowledgeable, but also able to relate. So yes. Oh, definitely. And going 
back to you and your work as a physical therapist. What do you think are misconceptions about the field? Because you clarified it really well. Like it doesn't have to be this traumatic car collision and you're, you know, it's the overuse, especially I think during this pandemic where many have been working from home for three years and have not had great support in chairs, have been hunched over, have, you know, myself included. (laughs) What do you think is the misconception, but then also in healthcare? So this is a loaded question. It's often a doctor, a primary care physician wants to refer to a physical therapist, but like down the line, it's not viewed as this is a regular part of care that can give you a better quality of life. So I know that's a loaded question. No worries. If I miss anything, let me know. I will. So (laughs) to answer your first part, the misconception, physical therapy is not a massage parlor. So (laughs) a lot of like some of my patients come in being like, take care of me. And they don't want to do any functional exercises. Sometimes even to the point where they're just like, I'm really tight here. Next session. I'm really tight back here. Can you hit this? And so I have to, and that's, that goes back to educating. So mm-hmm. I don't think they're trying to be disrespectful. I just think that's their understanding. Mm-hmm. So what I talked to them about, is I'm like, so although you're feeling tightness there, one, this is what you're here for. So say they're here for shoulder issues. This is what you're here for. It might be related. And if it is, we will address it. But if it's not based off your insurance and based off of me being a skilled practitioner, we have to stick to this course. Mm-hmm. There usually is relation to it, though. So I end up working that. But I want to educate them that you shouldn't just point and say, take care of this because mm-hmm. you're talking to a doctor of physical therapy. Mm-hmm. So now, though. The second part of that is active listening is important. So that goes back on me. So if a patient says that, they're letting me know something is bothering them. So even if I don't think it's attached to it at that moment, it is in my mind because of the fact that I'm like, hmm, I wonder what they're doing to make that feel that way. And that leads to functional exercises helping out the whole picture. Mm -hmm. Um, That answered the first question. Yes, you did. Second question. Can you repeat it for me? Yeah, it's just in healthcare today, physical therapy is not, it seems often thought of just the continuum. It's just, as you said, at the onset, it's not just for catastrophic events, but it seems a lot of physicians only refer to those catastrophic events. They're not referring out. I think every American or person could benefit from physical therapy, especially during this pandemic. (laughs) A hundred percent. It depends what state you go to, actually, because Mm -hmm. sometimes there's direct access. D.C. Mm -hmm. is one of them. Virginia has direct access, but there's a certain window of time where you do need a prescription. So that way a person can go to physical therapy without seeing a physician first. But um, check your state. Um, Now, though, yes, PT really should be a part of the continuum of care. Um, In my ideal world, this would actually be at different stages of your life. So you're starting as a child, then you're starting as a teenager because we grow, our bodies don't always catch up, we compensate. Mm -hmm. Then going into college, because that's where you're sitting more, you're moving around in ways that you might not be used to. And then I would probably say when people notice kinks in their 30s, (laughs) um, going into middle age and then elderly. That would be ideal because how our body reacts to what we do changes. 
And sometimes it's for the better, depending on how you train. But in America, it's usually you're either getting more tight, you're not moving around as much. Um, that's not the truth for everybody, yeah. but the majority sometimes. Um, and I'm even noticing seeing kids more because, like you said, with the posture, mm-hmm. like this, yeah, because yeah. they're on their phone so much or they're playing games so much. Yeah. And I've had children who may be between 11 and 15 coming in with severe neck pain. And I'm like, wow, really? Like, no, you're too young. Yes. Wow. So, yeah. That's so interesting. And I think it seems that people get a little bit lost in this healthcare maze of when is it appropriate and needed to go to a chiropractic doctor or mm-hmm. a doctor of physical therapy or acupuncturist or all of the different modalities that merge Western and Eastern approaches. Could you speak to that a little bit? Yes. Now I will say I am not skilled um, chiropractic, acupuncture, any of that. But as a wellness coach myself, I do understand the importance of us all working together. Mm -hmm. So honestly, it kind of depends. And this is what I see with my patients and my clients. It depends on who, what what practitioner you're most comfortable with. So for example, so say you never went to physical therapy and you have this awesome chiropractor. So you'd go to them first. And if they're like, you know what, this isn't something I would be able to address they could either direct you to either acupuncture, physical therapy, occupational therapy, or what have you. And that's what I look at as my role as a physical therapist. Yes, I can help to an extent, but every practice has their limits. And that's where I think we really need to work together on um, and guide our patients. So some patients are great advocates for themselves. They're like, I did my research. How about this? How about that? That's awesome. But like you said, it can be very confusing. Mm-hmm. And depending on which either physical therapist or physician you go to, um, some of them might not believe in the benefits of Eastern medicine. Yeah. So that's another thing you may, might want to ask in a first visit. Like, how do you feel about Eastern medicine, holistic health? Because if that's an avenue you want to go to and someone you're working with does not see the value in that, you probably won't get a full picture on that either. Hmm. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. And so, as you mentioned, you're a wellness provider. And so what does work-life wellness mean and how can Black women attain this? Especially we talked, you talked about, you know, this grind and like you're an energizer bunny, so you're just bubbly and keep going. But how do we balance these energies? Yeah. So again, this is personalized. That's at least, that's why I do consult, as you well know yourself too. (laughs) Yes. But generally check in with yourself every day. So in the beginning, middle, and even end, because you'd be surprised what your body is actually telling you. Now, this is, again, my physical therapy mind, but if you're tense, what's causing that? It might mean you need to slow down for the day. Or if you wake up feeling like energized, what can you do to support that energy? Um, But it's honestly, I'll say to keep it simple, it's an everyday assessment, but at least for me, it's probably on the hour, but I also work with a lot of people. That's the thing. So I have to kind of keep checking myself because sometimes I have patients who love me. They're like, I'm so happy to be here. I'm ready to be healed. I've already improved so much. But then I have patients because pain makes people, it makes people change their personality. So I have patients who come in very down, very pessimistic, 
And that, that weighs on me. That takes a toll on me too. So I have to check in. It's like, okay, Dre, are you down? Or are you absorbing energy? And then how are you going to address that? So I can still be better for my next patient coming in. Yes. Oh, that's great. I love that you said that this hourly assessment and, and caveat that it's personal for you, but making this distinction, am I really down or am I absorbing energy? And that's something that in this new year, I think is going to be critical for us. 100%. How how do you recommend that people can understand, discern, is it truly a down or is it you have internalized some energy that's not your own? Great question. Um, so ideally, it'd be great if you could write it down, because like once you write it down, you can look at it. But if we're being honest, and I know a lot of my clients, too, we're busy women. You know, we're yeah, yeah. we're busy just being like, oh, mid workday. Sorry, I know I'm in a meeting. Let me write down my feelings. Mm-hmm. Might not be the most practical. But what you can do is while you're having that feeling, notice, OK, when did that feeling start? Did it start five minutes after you talked to a colleague or was it something that was lingering since you woke up? And then after that, that's when you're going to do a little deeper work to figure out like the five minutes before a colleague, you can assess, hey, there was some part of that communication that didn't sit right in my spirit. Mm -hmm. What was that? And then you can keep that in mind in future interactions with that person or other people. But if it's something you woke up with and you just can't shake it, it's probably a bit deeper. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's really good advice. And Dr. J, how do you integrate your doctor physical therapy, but you also are a small business owner, really blending wellness. How do you incorporate that? Are there distinctions between your physical therapy patients and your wellness patients, or do you have some, you know, crossover? Perfect. I love this question. Okay. So, um, I'm going to kind of break down my business. So that way it's kind of like easier. So my business is work-life wellness and there's four branches. So first branch is home physical therapy. Then I'm a work-life balance coach. Then I do fitness consulting. And then I have an online health and wellness store. So all of that goes in to help my clients and patients with their goals no matter what their budget is or their lifestyle factors are. So if someone's too busy to do like wellness coaching at this time, because um, we're very involved in growing, um, then that's fine. What's your goals? I have something else that could help you that takes a little less time in this chapter in your life. Mm-hmm. But, and then say someone's budget is on the, our budgets changed based on your goals. You might have investment plans. You might want to buy a house, real estate, what have you. I have something for that. But balancing that small business with my nine to five as a physical therapist, um, I mainly do it on my off hours. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, I find it very, I guess, recharging hearing people's goals for themselves and being able to help them with that. Um, And it also works in something that's very passionate to me, injury prevention. So whether I'm talking more about emotional barriers or physical barriers, there's a connection So what I have found is my physical therapy clients benefit from my wellness expertise, but then also my wellness clients, they um, usually have physical goals. So they get a doctor of physical therapy expert, not just in what exercises to do because I work out as well, but ways to do it safely. Right. Oh, wow. You're, you're just the best of both worlds, combining both. I love that. I'm not this. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. So let's, what, 
drew you to the field of physical therapy? I mean, what was the impetus of wanting to be in this field? And then even the spark of incorporating wellness, because as you mentioned, many of your colleagues who the data shows are predominantly white women are not incorporating wellness. It's it's treating something, but that's it. It's this acute treatment, not it's with wellness. It sounds like you're talking about the life course. Nice. Yeah. So I started, actually started in high school. I, I promise you, I thought I was going to be a lawyer. I was like, I'm going to change the justice system. And then I did mock trial. And you might not believe this about me now. I was very shy as a child. So <laughs> mock trial and trying to debate stuff. And I was like, this is what lawyers do. Mm, okay, not for me. But I was also an athlete, and a lot of my um, teammates, for track and field specifically, got injured. And that was the first time I heard about physical therapy. And I was like, I was like, oh, okay, I don't really know what that is, but I'm glad they helped you. Um, but I knew that my senior year of high school, I took anatomy and physiology, and I was good at it, and I liked it. So I was like. With that fact and the knowledge that I knew my teammates benefited from physical therapy, I kind of put that together. Um, there were other health fields I was considering, but physical therapy had, what is it? You got to know your patients, but you also had autonomy. And so that's why I chose that. Um, did I answer your question? You did. You did. Okay. Yes. And then the wellness, what, what was yes. the impetus for that piece of your, your business and your work? So I didn't always believe in myself. So there was something that all my patients always told me. They just felt comfortable telling me not only their physical ailments, but their like personal stuff, their like barriers in life while financial relationships, whatever. But I still didn't have that confidence to be like, I can help you until I read this book. It was, oh, I'm going to look up the title again, but it basically was talking about African-American history that they don't talk about in history books. Mm. And they broke it down to sections. So financial, politics, health and wellness. Mm. And I started realizing, hmm, how do I want to give back to my community? Mm. And the health and wellness always stuck with me. And that's when I was like, well, people like talking to me. And I love health and wellness. I'm, I practice it myself and it's changed my life. So is there a way I can put that together? Um, and that's actually where I got a passion in helping those with food deserts. Mm -hmm. um, are you, um, I don't know if your audience knows what food deserts are. Do you know? Yeah, please describe it. Yeah, okay. great. <laughs> so little pause. So food deserts, it's basically um, you're in an area. It's usually either in cities or it can be rural as well where produce is not available. So it tends to be like, if you live in the DC area, like a ward eight, ward seven, um, lower socioeconomic status, individuals which tend to be either black or minorities. Um, so that was a passion of mine. I wanted to give back to my community, but I didn't want to give back by just, let me Google a solution. This will help you. I wanted to have the backing of a qualification. So that's where I got into wellness coaching and then I merged them together. Mm, oh, yeah. wonderful. And let's just to be clear for our audience. So these food deserts, they are based on systemic inequities and structural racism that black and brown communities are not 
you know, inferior or any of these things. It has been created based on white supremacy and policies and legislations that have blocked us out from being able to access even in 2023. So I just want to put that little plug in there um, so folks understand that it's structural and it's systemic and it is intentional. It's not a hap, you know, a haphazard thing. It's very much true. So thank that's you. another topic. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Yes, that's important to know. This is really great to hear about your backstory and your interests. I guess as we're wrapping up, I'd love to hear what are some tangible tools that Black women can employ? You know, they may not be your patients. They may not have access to a physical therapist based on maybe not having insurance or, like you said, not being in a state where you don't need a referral. But what are some easily accessible things that Black women can do to really just maintain our wellness anywhere we are? Great question. Um, I'm going to try to keep this concise, so forgive me if it's not. Um, first, this is something that a lot of people underestimate, but the long word for it is like self-myofascial release. What that means is loosening up tight muscles. But I'm not talking about stretching. So if you've ever heard the term of foam rolling, that really helps loosen up muscles in the legs. But you can also use a lacrosse ball or tennis ball, depending on like how intense you're looking for it. So for example, tennis ball is softer. If you need to loosen up a muscle in the back, it's pointed and it's targeted and it's great. But if a tennis ball, you're just like, oh, I don't really feel anything, go to a lacrosse ball for greater effects. All of this, we're, we just have tension. You might be stressed at work, could be even stressed at home. So loosening up that body is gonna be helpful. So that's one. Two, finding a movement that you love and that you can do safely. And so when I say safely, for example, some people, I guess if you like look on Instagram, people are doing some crazy motions, but if you're not there yet, that's okay. That's where modifications come in. Um, and it, it depends on the person. Feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions about modifications, but getting a movement in that you love is gonna one, help you do it more consistently and two, be a great stress reliever and just kind of keep you healthy overall. And then three, heat and ice can be your friend. So it depends on what is, I'm trying to think of tools that people might have regular access to, mm -hmm. but it depends on what the ailment is, but a very, I guess, simple way of explaining it is if you have tight muscles, it doesn't have to be an injury. If you have tight muscles, use heat. But if you have swelling or if the heat causes throbbing, aching stiffness, use ice. And the reason I say that is because heat, although it's great for tight muscles, if something's inflamed and you don't know it, it's going to make it more stiff and more aggravated. Mm -hmm. And it's usually deeper. So, for example, um, if you have low back pain, mm -hmm. heat feels great in the moment, but there are conditions where you might have inflammation in the joints that you can't see and you can't feel. Mm -hmm. So if the heat, you're just like, oh, it hurts to move more now, even though it felt great, try ice. That was a game changer for a lot of my patients. Oh, wow. Yeah. Those are three really helpful tools. So I try to, <laughs> to that point, you know, now the, what is it? The massage gun or the um, deep tissue percussion, like that's become really yeah. big. Is yeah. that equally as beneficial for myofascial release? 
Yes, that's actually another tool. So the main tools that I use or recommend, there's foam rolling, lacrosse or tennis ball based off your comfort, a rolling stick. So sometimes foam rolling is too intense for people. So a rolling stick, it's, if you think of like a rolling pin to bake, Mm -hmm. it's thinner and it's segmented. Mm -hmm. So it's really good at loosening up those muscles and then massage guns. Okay. And is the goal in an ideal world, we would do this daily? It actually, so again, a lot of this is, it depends. <laughs> okay. um, but I actually don't have people do it daily once they're done with me. In the beginning, people are doing this twice a day, mainly because yes, it's helpful, but two, it's habit producing. So if I told people in the beginning, just do it three times a week and they're not used to it, they're going to forget. Life mm-hmm. gets busy. So I have people do it two times a day and I keep checking in. So that way, when they're working with me, my goal is for them to learn their own bodies. Mm-hmm. So if they're noticed, oh, I'm getting tight, when they're discharged from me, they're like, oh, I remember this tool Dre told me to always use. And I noticed the signs of when I need to use it before it becomes a more serious injury. Mm-hmm. So that's the key is the signs. But that's always the hard thing for us. How do we, like, we overlook the signs because like it you is. said, if we're in our thirties, you might say, oh, well, that's just the natural progression. But then that probably isn't the natural progression, right? Can I share, can I share this tip? So there are, and this works for physical and emotional. If there are like three things to keep yourself in mind versus, so you know the difference between painness, pain or soreness Mm -hmm. um, slash getting old. (laughs) So I say that because I really, I believe people can be healthy no matter what age, but (laughs) yes. Um, So the first one is you have to recognize the type of pain. So either after a workout or sitting for eight hours a day, plus depending on your job, um, is it like just like a little stiff, fatigued, tired? That's fine. Mm -hmm. But is it sharp? Is it shooting? Is it stabbing? That is not okay. And even if you say, say it's been sharp shooting, stabbing for a little bit, Mm -hmm. and then maybe three days later, you're like, oh, I don't feel it. That's when you go to the second point. The second point is, is it changing your form or how you move? Mm -hmm. Because your body is smart. Your body knows, hey, I need to get this done, Mm -hmm. but it hurts. So let's move in a different way. The thing is, is it subconscious? So you moving in that way isn't actually better. You're just overusing another muscle and then you're just going to cause discomfort in different parts of your body, mm-hmm. which makes it more confusing in the future because you're like, hmm, am I hurting here or am I hurting here? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So how to think about your form is if you're working out, this is actually where you should have a professional, whether a physical therapist or a really good personal trainer um, is, for example, if you're doing squats and your knees are going in. Mm-hmm. See what happens when you keep your knees centered. Mm -hmm. And again, it it depends what type of squat. But if your knees go centered and you're like, oh, that hurts. Mm -hmm. It means your body's compensating for something that's probably deeper going on. Mm -hmm. Or take out working out and think about being in an office. So say you're used to typing like this, but now you're like, oh, I need to lean on my arm a little bit more. This is a lateral shift of your trunk, meaning this side here is getting more compressed. So that can be aggravating over time. Why are you doing that? Is it because of the lack of endurance of your muscles? Is it painful to sit upright? Mm -hmm. 
And if so, you need to get that checked out. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing is don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm-hmm. So just a quick recap. First, what's the pain like? Yeah. Second, um, is it affecting your form? Mm-hmm. And the third, don't be afraid to ask for help. That's so helpful. This is really great. Wow. This is, and and I'm just really thinking about this because these are really practical and I'm thinking even about myself and just how, you know, I don't always, you know, listen to the advice, even though I know I recently heard and read that the recommendation is every 15 minutes we're supposed to stand. I was at, and I just, that is so impractical. You know, every 15 minutes, like Dr. Dreyer, do you do that yourself? (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, no. And I, although yes, if someone can do it, awesome. Mm -hmm. What I more likely recommend is doing movements that get you out of the position your body's been in most of the day. Okay. So if you're sitting here, do movements that open up your arms, do movements that open up your legs. Um, Yoga, as Deja is a wonderful (laughs) yoga instructor, as you all know, um, is a great way of doing. Okay. This is great. This is really helpful. Dr. Dre, as we're closing and winding down, what are your parting words and last jewels of wisdom that you would want our audience to know that you would like to share? Perfect. The power of prevention, whether physical or even emotional, if you need like therapy, there's emotional pain Mm -hmm. is it's priceless. So prevention is key. And then consistency is powerful. It's actually a very big game changer for most people. So those are the two short ways of me saying gems. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah, that's good. And where can folks reach you, Dr. Dre? I'm sure they're going to have many questions and we didn't even get as deep into it because I recognize (laughs) it's really individual. You know, each person is going to present and, you know, so I can't. I think we we addressed it as high level as we can without, as you've told me, seeing someone and seeing what their unique body, their, you know, anatomy looks like. So you guys can find me um, on Instagram um, at at work life wellness underscore. Um, I also, especially for your people to do free wellness consultations. So we can always talk there, um, see what great next steps are for you. Um, and I also have resources with other healthcare professionals, so I could always connect you with someone if um, if you're needed. And then if you ever need like a, a fitness motivation, um, my Instagram page is a good one every Friday. Wonderful. Thank you, Dr. Jaya. Thank you for being here. We appreciate just all that you shared with us. And we want to thank our listeners and our audience for listening in to today's episode of the Black Women's Wellness Podcast. Continue to like and subscribe and catch our upcoming biweekly episodes. You can connect with us on our website, the bwwa.com. It's linked here. And we love engaging with you. We love hearing your comments. Let us know what resonates for you with today's episode, what questions you have, what you would like us to dive a little bit deeper in. Our handle on IG is the B-W-W-A-I-N-C. And until next time, stay well and remember our wellness is infinite. Take care.